Remember, you can stay up to date on the latest news with the Irish Independent WhatsApp channel. Listen and follow the Left Wing Rugby podcast with me, Will Slattery and Luke Fitzgerald. As far as I can see, I always want to get in the Irish team. And that should be every young player's dream and ambition in this country. And if you're playing in a place where you're not going to get the opportunities in the big games, that they're the ones that get you picked. They are the ones, the Champions Cup games are the ones that get you picked. You need to be playing in a team and starting in a team for those games. It's as simple as that if you want to play in the Irish team. Every week on Apple, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome to the Throw-In Independent GA podcast. I'm Will Slattery and today we are talking about a very special project in the Irish Independent and on Independent.ie. It is Martin Bretney's 2020-50 rankings where he has ranked the top 20 hurlers and footballers from every county over the last 50 years and then he's broken it into provincial rankings and then ultimately a national ranking where he is ranked the 20 best footballers and hurlers in Ireland over the last 50 years. That's running from Monday to Saturday next week in the Irish Independent and on independent.ie. So Monday we'll have the Leinster Counties, Tuesday the Munster, Wednesday the Ulster, and Thursday the Connacht, and then Friday is the Provinces, and then Saturday is the Irish National Rankings, which is sure to cause a lot of debate. We'll be joined in just a few minutes by Martin Brett. He discusses rankings. Vincent Hogan of the Irish Independent will be with us as well. But first, I'm delighted to be joined via Zoom by Michael Verney. And Michael, you've resisted the urge to have a bookshelf in the background to make yourself look smarter like I've done. Yeah, uh, Vinny has a bookshelf in his background as well. I was nearly tempted to construct one here in the background just to make myself uh, maybe look more studious than I actually am, but I've resisted. I'm spending most, most time outside at the moment, so there's no carpentry or anything been done. Well, I can tell you, your, your face looks a little red. Looks like you've been out in the sun today. Yeah, the nicest day of the year by the looks of things. So I got a couple hours before before we had to do this. Yeah, um, but this is this is a really interesting project, isn't it? That that Martin is 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 undertaking. Um, like he's going to talk. He'll talk about like how there's going to be lots of debate. But I'd say there's going to be there's a fair chance there's going to be a lot of rows. Like I'm just <laughs> I'm just thinking in the O'Shea household in in Kerry. Just even Tomas, Dara, and Mark will we'll all. Sh- Three of them beyond the Kerry top twenty. I don't know. And will somebody be mm. left out and be disappointed? And will they be slagged for the rest of lockdown over? P- possibly so. I suppose the one saving grace for Martin is um, we were going doing something like this in, in my own club in Burr, and we we're going to do the last twenty five or thirty years. And kind of, I was kind of put off the idea by a couple of people because it said they might put noses out of a joint, and, and maybe, maybe they're right, they're right. But at least. There'll be no rows about this in any pubs, not for a good while anyway. Maybe there will be over the winter or over Christmas or New Year's or something like that, but not for a good while. Oh, yeah, no, it's definitely bound to, to kick off many debates. Um, before we're joined by Martin Brenny to discuss his rankings and by Vincent Hogan as well, just ha- have you been finding the lockdown? I know you, you had a, an interesting uh, challenge a couple of weeks ago, raising money for charity, the, a thousand push-ups in an hour. You, part, you, got, you know, did it pretty easily in the end, it looked like. Uh, what was that like? Yeah, it wasn't as easy as it looked anyway, I can tell you that. Um, no, it was great. Um, the support was great, kind of drive you on. I just kind of got an idea into my head. Like, was there something I could do throughout all this, keep, keep myself motivated and to try and raise money for, for Do For Dan, which is like the best cause. And one of the best things that's happened in lockdown is to see the support that, that Dan Donner is 
was received and then I just tried to do it for, to raise some uh, money for PP for frontline workers as well who are obviously putting their health uh, at risk for us and all our relatives and people that we know so yeah it was great um, I think people quite enjoyed the I don't know if it was live sport or live kind of human torture or what it was. I'm not sure. But people seem to enjoy it because there's, there's been no live sport basically until the Bundesliga started back last weekend. So, yeah, it was a good bit of crack. I treat, treated myself after and my shoulders are finally starting to recover. I think it's three weeks tomorrow that I tried and my shoulders and my chest were in bits for a long time after. But, uh, yeah, it was, a good, it was a good bit of crack and all for, for two great causes. Well, you're filling out that All Blacks jersey there. Obviously, those thousand push-ups, you know, you put, you put them to good use. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. It must be. It's a fairly tight fit, I'd say. Um, and given and given AIG a good bit of a sponsorship blast here during the during the Zoom call, which I didn't realise. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it's funny actually with the, the push-ups. The idea was like to do seventeen a minute. If you could do seventeen a minute for fifty-nine minutes, you'd get there. So I was able to afford it a rest minute in it. So you do seventeen, and it, it got to a routine where I was able to do them in fifteen seconds. So you're breaking for forty-five. Then working for 15, breaking for 45, you kind of get into a routine and your head just kind of gets used to it. But uh, yeah, yeah, actually, it was, it, was a great, it was a great bit of crack. I had my uh, five minutes of fame. And if you hadn't have been able to complete it, would we have all got refunds? Like, how does that work? <laughs> yeah, I think that was part of the pressure. A couple of people texted <laughs> me and said, um, you know, what's the story? Like, if I donate and you don't do them, are you going to give me the money back or whatever? And I think, like, people thought that I was willing to gamble like my own money in a, in a fundraiser almost um it was funny actually because uh the racing journalist Johnny Ward um I asked him to start a Twitter poll just to get a bit of debate about whether I'd be able to do it or not and instead of starting a Twitter poll Johnny offered odds of 20 to 1 that I that I would uh that I would be able to do it so he obviously had no confidence in me and one uh, lucky punter had 50 quid on it and Johnny ended up giving a grand to the two causes, 500 between the two. So that was nice. I'm sure Johnny's pocket was fairly well hit at the time, but it went to a great cause. It was good to know that he had a lot of faith in me as well. Yeah, no, well, fair play to you. It was, it was, it was both great theatre, but it was also for a great cause. You say, and I was joking. I would never have gotten the refund if, you, even if you hadn't done it. I would, I would have, uh, I would have gladly given it to a great cause. Uh, but now we'll move on to the task at hand, which is kind of teeing up Martin Bretney's mammoth undertaking uh, that you've done, Martin, for the Irish Independent. You've ranked the top 20 footballers and hurlers of every county from the last 50 years and then broken it into provinces and then ultimately a national ranking. You know, how difficult was it to, to when you actually sat down to do it? What were the big challenges? Well, first of all, well, if, if this wasn't a COVID-19 exercise, we, we started, we talked about this last, uh, I think well, last November, December, and uh, we sort of started in January where uh, Open claim for for April, which uh, was supposed to be the closed month in GA, but now we're getting a closed year. So it's taken a long time, and it's it's an exercise that you, you could take you could take several more months to, to do because it is very very difficult. If you start, if you think of 1970 when they when they at the start of this exercise, you know the, the different GA we had then, the different the ban was still in place. You take Dublin football now. People saying Dublin football, Dublin is going too well. Back in the 19, early 1970s, the big issue was that there were no that maybe the future of G and Dublin was in doubt because they hadn't won a championship match of the footballers for uh, four years. The, early, uh, the, the, four, the four years of the 1970s hadn't been the Leinster final in '65. So there were all that sort of uh, that was that was that's the start of that's where we're coming from. Starting in 1970, you know, back then they were for an 80-minute game for five years, which. If that was proposed now, there'd be war, I suppose. But it, 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 it was played for five years. It went from 60 to 80. So a lot of... That was a different GA at the, at the time. Um, and, 
you're trying to, th- you're to go through the decades and marry all the the changes and the the, the all that's gone on in that time and the great players, the great teams. It's uh, it, it was very difficult, very interesting, very exciting. But the, the key thing is that people will say, well, you cannot compare players from different generations. I, I don't agree with that. Obviously, there there were different training and different. Uh, facilities and different equipment back in the 70s and 80s and there are now but but players are players the, the, the human body is still pretty much the same and you know you, talk, you take other sports you take horse racing for instance there's always a tendency to think perhaps of the modern generation being the best and very often that is the case but not always you take uh, horse racing for instance nobody ever disputes that Arkel was the, the best ever Muhammad Ali in boxing and the whole lot so Inevitably, people looking at this exercise will look at it from a generation or from their own generation, perhaps, uh, and be heavily influenced by whenever you know what the, whatever era perhaps that they concentrate on. But we tried, and we have tried to go, be as broad as general, as broad as possible in this. We've talked to people around the around the counties, in the counties, got people we know and trust to give their opinion, and we've got people in counties giving opinion in other counties and putting it all together. Uh, starting next month, as I say, all the hurling of football, county by county, and then following up with the provincials and the big finale on Saturday. On Saturday, um, with the uh, the top twenty in hurling and football. Yeah, Vincent, because it's interesting, as Martin says there, some of the the challenges, I guess, of comparing players from different eras. Because even Dermot Crowe last weekend, Sunday Independent had a good piece, kind of just about how much hurling has changed. You know, he watched an All Ireland final from I think 1980, 1990, and kind of all the way up every ten years, and how there was so much more ground hurling, and how the ball wasn't in, like players didn't take it up in their hand as much, like that kind of style of play, that that change. It's an interesting thing to have to con- uh, you know contextualize when you are putting together a list like this. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm thinking of starting up a national movement, Will, to get Martin Brehany on Twitter, because the reaction to this is going to be phenomenal. I, th- I think it's a great idea. I absolutely agree with Martin that um, you can compare different generations. You can say, and I think it's absolutely a categorical truth, that the game today is a better game. It's faster. The players are more, more are fitter, more athletic, maybe. But the great players of, say, the 1970s. If you had an Eamon Cregan, for example, working to the same standards in terms of fitness and preparation that John Kiley's squad has these days, he would be one of their greatest players. I mean, you think of what he did in the 1980 All-Ireland Final, scoring 2-7. Great players of that time would still be great players if they were there today, I believe. Yeah, Michael, that's a good point Vincent makes because obviously when you look back at you know some of the games in the 70s and 80s and then think of those players today, you wouldn't be dropping them in a vacuum from 1970 out of a time machine. Like, they would have all the the kind of the good preparation that's afforded the players today, the sports science, you know, the, the, all the tactical work that's done now. So while it's very difficult to maybe quantify that, at the same time, I don't think you can just look at them solely in isolation and compare them against a 2020 athlete who is you know, maybe a lot fitter and stronger. No, you definitely can't. And like as Vincent says there, any of those players, if you take them and put the same levels of preparation as you have now, they will be better players again. Like all of those players, like and what Martin says as well, you can definitely compare generations. That's what people do. It's one of our favorite pastimes. We love to compare, you know, who who was better, you know, Aaron Galan or Eamon Cregan. That's what that's what we love to do. It's a natural instinct to compare players. But just on, on what Vinny was saying there as well, you definitely you definitely can like. The, you can look at like Eamon Cregan and think, 
what would he be like if he had that preparation now? He'd be probably the best forward they've ever had and maybe one of the best forwards we've ever seen. Same with Eddie Kerr, same with, well, like, DJ was obviously one of a kind at the time. But again, if he was around now, he'd probably be better again. So if anything, looking back on those old matches, older matches, to me, it just makes some of those players look even better than, they, than I thought they were then. Because you're thinking, geez, if, if he was training four or five nights a week, if he you know, had access to all those coaches that the lads have now, he'd be absolutely phenomenal. Just funnily enough, one player looking back uh, through the generations, I always think, even just looking at him then, the one player that would fit in perfectly in modern football now is uh, Matt Connor from Offaly. Um, just had all the grace, all the poise, had skills left and right, had the dummy solo, had the... You know, had all the sidesteps and everything. He's the one player that I actually think you could pluck out of the 1980s and put him into football now, and he would still work. But uh, it's a fascinating assignment. As Vinny says, I'd love to get uh, I'd love to get Brehany on Twitter because why <laughs> Jesus the abuse that he is going to get over this. I know he is a tick neck anyway, and it won't bother him. But the abuse he's going to get, I think, just even an experiment Martin should do just when this all comes out is just even type Brehany into the search word in Twitter and see what sort of stuff comes up. <laughs> Yeah, Martin, would you ever consider joining Twitter? <laughs> no, well, I mean, it's not, just, just before the uh, brick bass start arriving, I mean, this is not uh, solely me. I've talked to uh, an awful lot of people of, uh, around the country on this, and my own colleagues, some of us uh, aren't old enough to remember back to the, to the 70s. But uh, so it's a, it's a fairly, uh, there's, there are a lot of, lot of people involved in this. We try to put it together as best as best we can. But, they, you know, the... It's interesting what, what the lads say about, about the change, the changing styles. At, at the same time, also in counties, counties have changed as well. I mean, you, you take in 1970, people forget that Tipperary, Kilkenny and uh, uh, Cork were the big three. You could say they're still the big three, except the change has been phenomenal. Like Kilkenny, I want to think it's 19 All-Irelands since 1970, Cork and Tip, 17 between them. In 1970, Galway, for instance, were in rag order at Horing, absolute rag order, have been a monster for a dozen years, never won a match. John Connolly, for instance, who obviously is a top contender for the number one uh, spot, uh, was, was, was hauling through that era uh, from the 60s up to the 80s. Uh, men like him and Cyril Farrell, for instance, our own, our own colonist, was a, managed a minor team in 1973 at the age of 23. So things were changing in Galway Horing. But you compare that, say John Connolly in Galway, uh, he was one of the guys who dragged Galway Horling into, you know, an, into, into a, a better era. Now, you, the, he was followed, say, by Joe Cooney and Joe Canning, and they, they were, it's incredible actually that you have three JCs that were top contenders in Galway for the number one slot. But what John Connolly had to do, you could argue, was more difficult than the others because there was no self belief in Galway. There was an inferiority complex. There had been hammered in Munster, and this guys like him set the template for what came afterwards. There was much, you could say, it was much easier in a way for the Joe Coneys and the Joe Canning, but they were coming from winning backgrounds, winning mentalities. And there are a lot of other counties the same. It's the same, for instance, in Dublin football, that what that 74 to 80 team did, Heffos Heroes and Keaveney and Mullins and Kelleher and all those boys, they said they changed the mindset in Dublin and they changed football in Dublin. And it was more difficult for them, in my view, because they had to make that breakthrough. So they had to overcome that barrier. And that's the way in a lot of counties. Then there are the counties who, for instance, you know, one all for the first time in the period, say, awfully in 71, Donny Gaul, Tyrone, our man, Terry, uh, came along. So you have to put that context into it as well. Where, where did they come from and where, where were they at any particular time? Because it took more, awfully Hurley, for instance, in 1970, who would, give them, who would have given them a chance of winning an All-Ireland. Again, it took, it took hard men, physical and mental and every other psychological, to break that barrier. And those guys need to be recognised and will be recognised. Yeah, Vincent, I guess what Martin's saying there is obviously 
it, the context of, of the team you're playing in is very important as well. Obviously, if you're playing on the Dublin five-in-a-row team, you're surrounded by some of the you know greatest players of all time, like the Kenny four-in-a-row team of the noughties. Whereas if you're playing, you know, like Kieran Whelan in an era where the Dublin team weren't as good, it, it's a lot tougher. You're asked to do a lot more. If you put him in the team now, he might even be as good as Brian Fenton or, or better than Brian Fenton or, or, or have a similarly illustrious uh, CV. So that's another kind of interesting part of the debate. Yeah, I think that's going to be the beauty of this, Will. Uh, there's so many different angles you can come at this from. Even my own county, when I was a young guy, I, a, a hurler I idolised in Tipperary, Ty O'Connor. He won an, All, an All-Ireland and an All-Star in 1971, but it was part of the tip generation then, if you like, that went a decade without winning a championship match. So how do you parse him compared to, you know, Mick Roach, who came in in 64 with that great team that won four out of five All-Irelands. You know, I, I grew up with the, the Donny Nealans and Mick Burns lived just up the road from me in, in, in Pound Street and Nina. So that's, that's what makes this fascinating. There, there is no right or wrong in this argument. It's just trying to have the argument and people will draw their own conclusions. I think it's fascinating. You're dead right about Kieran Whelan. Just looking at some old matches recently, he was a phenomenal player. And we look at Brian Fenton, who has never lost a championship game in his time with Dublin. So it's very, very hard to, to say one is better than the other. Yeah, Michael, is there any players like Kieran Wheeler of that nature that you would be interested to see where they shake out because maybe they came around at you know, an inopportune time for the county in general? Yeah, just what Martin says there as well. Uh, it's very easy to get blinkered by the, the great teams and the successful teams. Like For example, uh, Offaly Hurling in the last like 15 years, uh, no success, little or no success, no titles or anything like that. But yet there were great lads that soldiered along during that time. Should they get the same recognition as the lads from the 90s and 80s? They definitely should, because if anything, it was it's harder to do what they did on a bad team and yet stand out and stay at it for 15 years and be consistently brilliant. Rory Hannity from my own club and borough is, is one that would stand out in my own head for something like that. And as well... Um, it's good. It's kind of good that someone like Martin is doing this as well. That has has seen it all realistically as well. We're gonna, we're go, you're gonna go on Twitter, or you're gonna go on whatever, and you know you have maybe twenty year olds talking about. I don't know who's number one in Galway, but if Joe Canning isn't number one in Galway, there's going to be people going absolutely ballistic. But then if you if you talk to a 50 or 60 year old and Joe Connolly is number one, they will totally acknowledge that and they'll make total sense of that because they have lived through that. So the recency bias is an interesting one as well. It's kind of, it's, it's a 50 year project, so you can't get blinkered by what you've seen last year or what you've seen, you know, five years ago. You have to take it as a whole 50 years, and that's why I think it's so interesting. It's a fair balancing act um, that, that Martin has had to take in there. But uh, just on the Kieran Whelan thing, is there anybody else like that that will come in? Uh, nobody off the top of my head, but I'm sure, like, if you look at, you know, like the Clare, the Clare teams, we'll just say, for example, Clare is probably going to be dominated by 2013 Hurling and 95 and 97. But Gerlach Nan and lots of other guys from that era will come into it as well. You know, um, uh, the, the great goalkeeper, Seamus Jarak, obviously, will come into it as well, along with Davy and others. So that it's a great balancing act to, I suppose, make sure you don't leave anyone out and cater for the whole 50 years rather than just during a successful period. Yeah, Martin, and how much when you're ranking players, like say for guys who are in the middle of their careers or even a David Clifford who's only played two years but has won two All-Stars and looks set to be a great player, like how do you factor that in versus someone who's completed their entire career? Well, it's difficult, but when you come to when you come to Kerry, sure, you could have a top 50 in Kerry. But it's, you see, 
this is the issue. I, I can tell you for a fact that there was one player uh, who was still uh, in his early twenties and was on the who's on the was on our top twenty. I won't say who he is, obviously. But it, so we've we've gone from that to, to, to people in the seventies. I might have mentioned, say, the clear the clear team of 2013, 95, 97. He also mentioned, of course. Uh, the uh, the team that won the league, the league double in 77, uh, 78, all those, Johnny Cannon, all those boys. Now, if you look back at that time, Clare were lost to Cork in two uh, successive Munster Championships by a couple of points in the second one in 1978 down in Thurles. So there was no back door then and they were gone. But that was a fantastic team. In actual fact, that was probably as good as the teams that won the All-Ireland. But there was, this was just, they were up against the Cork three in a row team. So that's the, the issue you have. So, it's 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 your balance, and also say that the other issue we had as well, Will, was that players, for instance. I will give you a few examples, like say uh, Mickey Kearns and Sligo, Sean O'Neill, and Sean O'Neill, who was on the team of the Millennium, but he played into up to 1975 for Down. Now, do you? Well, he played from 59 to 75. Well, do you take his entire career into account, or the last five years? Again, it depends who who he was up against. He's included in our top 20. I won't say where he is, but that, that was that's a slight issue as well that has to had to be addressed. But you just you you just go through them. You look at them, and when you when you start analysing them and looking at it, uh, you, you, it, I won't say it falls into place, but some things do become apparent. But thank you when you check back up the records of the various teams. The other thing, of course, that's interesting here is this is not a team. This is the top twenty we picked, uh, and the Irish Independent uh, we had a supplement in two thousand and twelve where we picked the top team in each county for the previous fifty years, uh, but, and and that in some ways was easier because you know you could get two outstanding fullbacks and you just had to pick one of them. What we're doing here is picking the top 20. The 20, I suppose, most impactful players, the guys who are greatest le- leaders, best scale, put, trying to put the package together. And as a result, you will have a situation where you could have two, three, four goalkeepers, for instance, if the goalkeeper was that good. You take Dublin, for instance. I mean, Dublin have only had three, three four goalkeepers uh, in, 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 since 1967. Paddy Cullen, John O'Leary, uh, Stephen Cluxton, Davy Bourne. I mean, a first-choice goalkeeper. Davy was only there for a few seasons. So since 1967, you've had three, and shows you how good those three were. Do you include the three? Uh, we'll have to wait and see. But you can see the you can see the difficulty that you have in some areas where you can't have. Also, it's it's also easier sometimes, and you often see it with complaints about teams or all stars or whatever. People say there's there's a tendency always to, to overrate or not overrate but to rate forwards highly. They're the high profile guys. They're the guys with the they're on the television most. Or you, you see, you got to remember the backs as well. We're, but we and so I've been keeping a close uh, I, any cornerback watching this. I've looked out for you as well, Akinis Julia, because you do your job as well. <laughs> Michael Verney's loving that. Yeah, no, I, I do love to hear that because, like, if you look at ratings on teams as well, it, like if a lad's scoring six or seven points a game, maybe four or five frees, he's bound to catch the eye a lot more. I look at the same my own county in Offaly, like someone like Martin Hanami, you know, a teak tough cornerback, Mark, some of the best forwards in the in the game throughout his career and was absolutely brilliant. I only ever remember him having one bad championship game for Offaly and that was his last game in 99. Like someone like that deserves as much recognition, you know, as the, the Joe Dooleys or, you know, the Billy Dooleys or the other forwards of, of that Offaly team. So I'm delighted to hear Martin say that, even though I don't expect me to be in his Offaly top 20 somehow. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Vincent, I guess another part of the list that's interesting is that obviously Martin's gone and he's ranking every county. So even some of the, the so-called weaker counties who maybe wouldn't have had the All-Ireland uh, you know, series recognition of some of the other teams do get their due. But then when it comes to ranking, I guess, them overall, it can be a little trickier because they wouldn't have had so many big days out. So it's something that while there's been 
you know, some phenomenal Gaelic footballers and herders from some of the from the lesser teams. It is kind of hard to put them in that national context a bit. Yeah, I mean, you take the like of the Mickey Kearns in Sligo or Declan Brown in my own county in Tipperary. You know, where do you put them? Because they were in relatively lesser counties. Um, I, I just, I, I can't wait for this to start because, you know, you mentioned a player there, David Clifford, and, and this may be a, a very sweeping statement. You know, I, I'm 60 years old now. I think David Clifford may be the most exciting forward I've ever seen. Now, it remains to be seen, can he deliver on that? Conor Callaghan, very, very similar. I mean, these two sensational young talents coming through together. Maybe Sean O'Sullivan and Kerry as well. But where do you put them? You know, we had Kerry winning an an All-Ireland in 1997 with Morris Fitzgerald doing extraordinary things. And yet, as Martin says, you have that incredible Kerry team of the 70s, early 80s, and then probably... The greatest managerial achievement of all by Mick, Mick O'Dwyer after their defeats in 82 and 83 to go and win another three in a row with that team. So any kind of hierarchy in Kerry football is going to be big time on that Kerry team. But Morris Fitzgerald, David Clifford, these, these to my mind, are, are once-in-a-generation talents too. Mm. So where do you put them? Yeah, Michael, where do you weigh in on some of the younger players, as Vincent mentioned there? Like, do you think it's it's right to put them in a list like this, a top 20 list, if they've only played two, three, four seasons? Yeah, I, I think it's difficult. Um, like, you take, just look at Offaly, for example. Paddy Malloy, uh, who passed away a couple of weeks ago, one of the absolute greatest players that ever played, by all accounts. But his Offaly career was from 59 to 72, and he was at the latter stages. So he'd only two, two to three years that he would fall under this bracket. He was brilliant in those years, but it's only two or three years. So the, the players that are playing now, the David Cliffords, Conor Callans, like you're thinking, yeah, if they, if they stay at that same level, they will be as good as anything on this list. But I'm only judging off, you know, a handful of years. Whereas just say in Kerry, uh, we'll just say compare, like we'll just say a phantom, phantom kind of a duel here. Are you picking David Clifford or are you picking, we'll just say, Tomas O'Shea? David Clifford has played two years for Kerry, he's been absolutely outstanding. Young footballer of the year, two All-Stars. Tomas O'Shea has played for the guts of 15 years. Uh, five All-Stars, I think. Five All-Irelands, footballer of the year. To me, that's, that's a no-brainer at this moment in time. In 10 years' time, you could be having a completely different debate. And David Clifford could be up here and Tomas O'Shea could be down here. But you're judging it at this moment in time. So I think you have to go, you go with the body of work over career. That's my opinion anyway. Yeah, Martin, for putting this together, like what was the toughest, you know, debate in your mind when you were going down to do it? What was the either the county or or the, or the you know position? What what was the toughest debate for you? Well, to be quite honest with you, every single county was was tough because when you start doing it, you 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 yeah, you go back that every county has a, have an awful lot of potential. More some counties more than others, obviously. You talk there about Kerry, you talk about Dublin and Kenny Tipperary or Galway and Cork and the Hurling. That's that, that's very difficult. But I think here as well, we see. We're doing all the, the counties uh, from uh, right through the week until Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and so each uh, we then move on to the provinces, and that's where it gets that's where it gets uh, tricky because how do you how do you balance the lads? You say you mentioned there for, for say Leinster, do you, Desi Dole and Matty Ford, Paul Byron, Kevin O'Brien, Paddy Keane, and lads like that, John Galvin and Limerick, lads like that in, in, in football, uh, Mickey Kerrins, Mickey Quinn, and in, in, in Leitrim, uh, you know uh, Peter McGinnity. Do you put how, where do they fit into into the provincial scale so it's 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 so it's so difficult to do it's just you're dealing from 
you're dealing with so many so many names over 50 years and that's what makes it so interesting i suppose but um longevity is is a factor really if it's at the highest level which say for well without giving anything away we'll say david clifford obviously is if there are criteria that you walk off and if the guys were there a long time delivering at the highest level for a long time that's an advantage over somebody who, who isn't or hasn't been uh, been doing that but then there are countries for instance or Maybe we were only there for a short time and made a massive, massive impact and the, the quality of the opposition may not be as strong. So they get in as well. So the balance, the mix here will is is really interesting as as uh, as people see in, uh, people see in this exercise. And did, and did being part of successful teams, did winning a lot of medals, like how big a factor was that in it or was it, did you try to take the players' you know, ability in isolation? Well, you're trying to, you're trying to you're, yeah, you try to take it in isolation. You're obviously, uh, you know, you take... Obviously, you you take Mayo who didn't win North Ireland. They've had let's be fair, they've had some some great players. Uh, still have some great players. So, you know, you're talking here about individual uh, individuals. So you try to you try to analyze the player as best you can. Because also bear in mind, it's, it's easy sometimes to come into a very good team. And we've seen with a lot of players over the years come into a very strong team and they look they look very good. Meanwhile, the guy who's playing as far away at a much a weaker level are trying to make a break to where you take for argument's sake again now we talk say Peter Canavan guy who had somewhat famous he said he was bits of them all over the fields of Ulster because he got such abuse over the years his early years of particular now Peter was always well able to look after himself but he had to overcome that barrier of fighting battling through against uh, the, all the I suppose against the odds and against the, the perception of, of terror at the time and but yeah, some of the battles he would have had with like the Tony Scullion and Derry now, speaking on behalf of cornerbacks here, were fascinating to watch. You take Tony Scullion from the cornerback, uh, who got four all stars. That says something about the style of so guys like that will be, will be recognizing the issue. It won't all be it won't all be the, the glamour the glamour forwards who uh, got, got the uh, got the man of the match or anything like that. Yeah, and guys, as we come to a close, I'm going to put Vincent and Michael on the spot a bit. I know Martin has to keep his thoughts very close to his chest, but if you're thinking of the, the final list, Vincent, number one and number one in hurling and football, who, who would you go with? Oh, I didn't know you were going to ask me that. Well, um, <laughs> I think, look, over over a long stretch, I'd just about give Henry Shefflin, and I, maybe I'm a bit biased there, but I think Shefflin, just in terms of consistency over a long stretch of time, now, albeit in one of the greatest teams, different variations of greatest teams that Cody kept producing with Kilkenny. You know, you compare that to what Ken McGrath did with the Waterford team, maybe the best team never to win in All-Ireland in hurling. Um, in football, I'd be very, very strong on Matt Connor as the greatest footballer I ever saw and the tragedy of what happened to him in 84. I'd love to have seen him get another five or six years at the top level, but he was... At his best, Matt Connor was right up there with the Sheehy's, Spillans, John Egan's, in my view. I presume that's where it's going to be. Jack O'Shea, probably, it's going to be in that ballpark for number ones. Mm. Michael? Yeah, it's funny. Yeah, it's a, it's a fair question to ask. Um, and just Martin said that no county would be more difficult than any other one. But be interesting to see whether he's touring back to Galway at all when they start, when we get <laughs> normal or not. But um, as regards, yeah, I, I'd be I'd be the same as Vinny uh, with regards to hurling. It'd be Henry Shefflin or, or Brian Whelan for me. And with regards to football, even though I, I didn't see him, obviously, at the time, I was only born after, um, and just around the time he was finishing up, probably, uh, Jack O'Shea, from everything I've, I've seen, um, would be a, probably a small bit ahead of, of everything else. Uh, obviously, the only man to win football the year four times and... Just an absolute linchpin of one of those really, really great teams. But it's interesting. Jack O'Shea was part, and Henry were both part of you know two of the greatest teams that ever played. 
So it'd be interesting to see, like, if Jack, if, if, like, has Martin looked at it a different way and has he looked at it, how would Jack, would Jack of Shea have been able to carry a weaker county or would Henry have been able to carry a weaker county? And it'd be interesting to see, but those, those would be my two, definitely. Henry Shefflin, Brian Wheelan and Jack O'Shea in football. Okay, Martin, we'll give you the last word. And I know you can't give us your selections, but, you know, overall for the series, it was such a, a big task you set out to do, you know, really looking forward to seeing it. Like, how would you kind of sum it up or, or preview it now for people who are looking forward to seeing it? Well, I think I, I think certainly the the, the, in the times we're in, I, I think it'll be very interesting because it'll, it'll revive great memories as well, and that's part of the of, of the whole thing. Yeah, and it'll it'll promote debate because you can rest assured. I mean, talking to people that are doing this, uh, people I would trust to the whole lot, and that sort of thing. And of course, what they'll always tell you who should be, they'll always tell you who should be in. And when you show them a list or whatever, uh, um, they'll tell you who should be on the list, but not who should be out of the list that you're, you're, you're brought up. So I think that's what it will it will promote debate. It will relive memories for people, and I think in, in every single county, and that's the, the beauty of this thing, every single county is covered, every province is covered, all leading the, to the top 20. So uh, uh, looking forward to the action to it, and uh, as I say, we, we'll, uh, I, think, I think the public will find it very interesting in these uh, difficult times we're in. We're really looking forward to that series. It's starting next Monday. You can get it in the Irish Independent. It'll be on independent.ie as well, running all the way up till Saturday, uh, where we have the final top 20 lists of the, of the best 20 hurler and footballers of the last 50 years. Martin, thanks so much for doing it, first of all, and thanks so much for joining us today, Vince and Michael as well. Thanks, guys. Cheers, well. That's all we have time for on the throne this week. Thank you so much for listening. And make sure to check out the Irish Independent and Independent.ie for Monday, where Martin Bretney's rankings will begin. In the meantime, you can subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Independent.ie. So until next time, thanks for listening, and goodbye. <laughs>